Hey, Kevin Draves here with The Howl for Diamond Box Bluetooth Speakers. I got to tell you, I play basketball at the gym down the road for me all the time. And sometimes I go late at night. I bring my Diamond Box. And now they're introducing three new systems. The new L2, XL2, and M2 all feature stereo sound by themselves or split stereo sound with wireless syncing of two units for a live sound experience. Loud enough for any environment. And I kid you not, you could play this at low volume and you'll hear it in any room of your house. This is the most powerful Bluetooth boombox speaker on the market today. Check them out on Twitter at Diamond Box Co. That's box with two X's, Diamond Box Co. Tonight, you folks at home and we here in the Coliseum will watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's the fifth pick in the 1995 NBA draft. The Minnesota Timberwolves select Kevin Garnett from Farragut Academy in Chicago. And the Minnesota Timberwolves are going to the Western Conference Finals. Happy birthday, Kevin Garnett. to the den this is the howl we would like to welcome everybody listening on the nothing but net channel here on dash radio nothing but net is a channel like no other featuring all teams and all topics from everybody's favorite sport basketball the howl is brought to you by our, our wonderful supporting partners rhyme sayers entertainment the pinnacle of underground hip-hop worldwide studio 23 where passion reigns supreme and Isabel Street Heat, adding a bit of spice into your everyday life. All audio equipment on the Howl is brought to you by Rode Microphones. Studio quality with easy accessibility since 1967. All right, Wolves fans. So, as per usual, the lottery did not fail to disappoint as it 100% fail, or 100% disappointed Wolves fans. As it usually does. That's generally how it works. And uh, here on the Howl... We find ways to get past it and move on and be positive when we can. And this week, best way to be positive, let's take a look at this draft class with my Mock Draft 2.0, the post-lottery edition. So everything is set as far as the picks are concerned and placement. For anyone that's not aware, the playoffs do not matter for placement outside of the lottery because it is based on regular season success. So... One thing that could happen is you might be the worst team going into the playoffs. Like, so you make the playoffs. You're that, like, you know, 15 or 16th pick. You make a run, win the championship, and you're still sitting there almost a lottery pick. 
So that is something that is possible just given the way the system works. One thing to keep in mind. Now, for anyone that did not pay attention to the lottery, the lottery ended up finishing as follows. The Wolves dropped back a spot to 11th. And then, of course, you had the Pelicans moving all the way up to number one. And they, you have the Grizzlies also moved up to number two. Knicks three and Lakers, shocker, move up to four. So how about that? If we had just been a little more successful, we, we get that pick instead of the Lakers. Something to think about. Or if you're just a little worse, you know, you move up because you have that Grizzlies or, or that Pelicans spot. So kind of interesting to look at it from that perspective. But again, we don't dwell here. Trying to stick with the positivity. Take a look at who's available. Go over some sleepers. But we will start off with Mock Draft 2.0 and the Pelicans at pick number one. Now, there's not much to really say here other than the fact that it's the Pelicans. They're going to draft Zion Williamson. That's just the way it is. Now, there was a rumor that came out recently about Zion possibly leveraging the idea of going back to college. So going back to Duke and that way saying, hey, look, either you trade me in New Orleans or I'm going to go back to college and you're going to lose me anyways and you're going to have to get someone else. But it sounds like that is not true. And why would he? If you're Zion Williamson, think about this. He has his shoe explode during the season while he's at Duke. You want to take the chance that you have a serious injury at some point and then you, you're really out of luck? You go jump into the league, get your money while you can, be successful. And it actually sounds like now some rumors out there, uh, I believe Shams was the guy that pointed this out and said uh, some people from his, I think his inner circle, so Zion's inner circle that is, Actually, he actually had kind of targeted the Pelicans as an organization he wanted to go to, specifically because he could be the guy there. And I think part of that is just the belief that, uh, and the understanding that Anthony Davis, despite the Pelicans winning the draft lottery, he still wants out. And part of that, too, is his, his refusal to play the center position, and Zion Williamson is a power forward. So that's something to keep in mind. So let's say they are going with Zion Williamson here, because, again, that's what makes the most sense. Take a look at what they're going to be doing this offseason as far as the rest of their roster is concerned. So how does Zion fit into their future plans? Aside from being their superstar, looking at the team as a whole, we start with point guards. Drew Holiday, Frank Jackson, both under contract. Drew Holiday actually under contract through 2021. Shooting guards, you have Etwan Moore and Darius Bertans under contract, but uh, Ian Clark is going to be uh, out the door most likely. He is an unrestricted free agent. And then actually uh, double-checking with those point guard spots, Alfred Payton is also an unrestricted free agent. For the small forward position, they have Solomon Hill and Kenrick Williams under contract. Stanley Johnson would be a restricted free agent, and Darius Miller is an unrestricted free agent. Power forwards, Anthony Davis, Again, still wants to be traded. That has not changed. You do have Julius Randle. Now, the thing about Julius Randle is his is a player option, and I believe my understanding is that he is not going to accept that. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Julius Randle because now you're talking Anthony Davis is going to be traded. Then you have Zion Williamson in the fold. So you kind of have that position is uh, pretty solidified with Zion. You're probably not going to want to throw a bunch of money at Julius Randle. But who knows what their options are going to be. Now, they do have at the center position literally no one currently. So just let that sink in. They have no one at the center position because they're going to, uh, you know, Jaleel Okafor, his contract is expiring. Now, here's the deal. They do have a team option on him. So 
Uh, that's that's kind of up to them what they want to do there. But Jaleel Okafor could make some sense. At, at times, he, he played some decent basketball for the Pistons, so maybe on a cheap deal they'd look to bring him back. But that's going to be probably something they're going to want to target is trying to get some sort of a center uh, as far as uh, the team and kind of balancing out the roster. Something's got to change with that position, whether that's free agency, whether that's going to be through the draft. Time will tell. But as far as the first round is concerned, anyways, Pelicans do just have that single pick. But the nice thing is there are a few prospects that they could go after in that second round as far as centers or bigger power forwards are concerned that could make some sense. Maybe they go after a guy like uh, Jonte Porter would be a, an interesting guy in that second round. Now, he's likely out for the whole year, so this would be more of a long-term play at the center position, but at least that would give you an option. A player like Charles Bassey, if he was to make it out of the first round into that second round, I'm hugely high on him. Would make a lot of sense to try to make a play for someone like him. So things to watch out for as far as the Pelicans are concerned. Pick number two, we have the Memphis Grizzlies, and no shock, they will be going Ja Morant uh, for my money, which also means it's likely that Mr. Mike Conley probably going to be traded. That would probably make the most sense if you are the Memphis Grizzlies. Again, that's up to them how they want to actually play that, but Mike Conley's value is not going to get any higher than it is now. And considering he's obviously aging, eventually that's just going to start to drop. Now, Mike Conley is under contract through uh, 20. So one more season and two more seasons if he decides to pick up that player option. Given this player option in 2020 is for $34 million, I think it's a pretty good bet that he does. So a team that gets him would likely have two seasons, uh, obviously, to have him around. Other than that, no other point guards are on the roster. So John Morant makes a lot of sense in that regard. Javon Carter is uh, actually Javon Carter. I take that back is actually under contract. Delon Wright though, restricted free agent. So they've got some options there. You could do a lot worse though than a one, two punch of John Morant and Javon Carter. So that's one thing to keep in mind. Looking at the shooting guard position, Justin holiday, unrestricted free agent, but they do still have Avery Bradley under contract. Small forwards. You have Chandler Parsons, who is unfortunately still under contract. If you're a Grizzlies fan, Kyle Anderson, CJ miles, Dylan Brooks, and Bruno Caboclo, all under contract still, all getting paid. A lot of guys at that forward position. Power forwards, Jaron Jackson Jr., obviously a big part of what they're building there as far as the future is concerned. And then they do have a team option for uh, Ivan Rab. Centers, they have Jonas Valanciunas. And then Joe Kim Noah and Tyler Zeller are both unrestricted free agents. I would say they are not planning on uh, being there long term. But I guess we'll see what the Grizzlies end up doing. Got some flexibility. I think a big part of what they do is going to hinge on that Mike Conley trade as well as free agency. So that's what to watch for for the Memphis Grizzlies. Pick number three goes to the Knicks, and we have them taking the, what would most people would say was the next best player, and that is R.J. Barrett. So R.J. Barrett, the small forward out of Duke, going to the Knicks. Knicks, of course, pretty upset that they lose out on Zion Williamson. Some people would say Zion Williamson was probably a little upset with them too. Uh, one kind of thing to note, people pointed this out, and I watched the video back of the people that posted this on Twitter, but the uh, when he was being talked to, or he was up on stage, Zion that is, he actually double-tapped the Hawks, and I'm, I believe he's from that area, and so that makes a lot of sense why he would want to be there. But again, makes, makes uh, 
the Knicks decision a little easier in this case. Uh, if you're number one, you're taking Zion. If you're number two, you're probably taking John Morant. And honestly, if you're number three, you're likely taking R.J. Barrett, and that's what the Knicks do here in Mock Draft 2.0. Now, you're listening to The Howl on Dash Radio's Nothing Minute channel. And again, post-lottery edition of Mock Draft, and this is Mock 2.0. Looking at the Knicks roster, so point guards, Manuel Moutier is a restricted free agent. I don't think he'll be coming back. You do have Frank Nilakina and Dennis Smith Jr., both under contract, as well as uh, you actually have team options for 2020. So those guys are not going anywhere anytime soon if the team doesn't want them to. Shooting guards, uh, Hazonia is an unrestricted free agent. Alonzo Trier, he is a sort of a free agent, but he's actually, sorry, a, a player op- or a team option. So it's going to be an interesting team option for uh, $3.5 million. It's not too bad. And he, he had some nice moments. Uh, Damian Dotson. Still under contract. Uh, That does it for the shooting guards. Small forwards, both Lance Thomas and Kevin Knox are under contract. Kevin Knox obviously was the rookie last season for them. Power forwards, Luke Cornett is a restricted free agent. Noah Vonley unrestricted. And Henry Ellenson is still under contract. I keep wondering if Henry Ellenson is eventually going to break out. I know there was a time when the Pistons were really high on him and they just didn't feel he was ready to go. That's going to be interesting to see if he ever breaks out. And then for the center position... I love the center position for the Knicks. They have DeAndre Jordan's an unrestricted free agent, but all signs, all signs point to him re-signing. He does want to stay there, is my understanding, so a lot of it probably depends on the money and the negotiations. And Mitchell Robinson. I'm a big fan of Mitchell Robinson. Brings a lot on the defensive end. Great ability to block shots. Someone that I think uh, is going to be uh, really loved in New York for a number of years. On to number four, and that is the Lakers. Again, they moved up a lot of spots. Seven spots to be exact, and that's the reason why the Wolves moved back. Lakers, now, originally, I actually was thinking Lakers would be going Jarrett Culver here, but other people have talked to me about his agency and who he's with. Lonzo Ball, who would pair well with him, who LeBron might want to play with, and uh, all things considered, the pick here, and I I, I think this is a pretty good option for the Lakers, Darius Garland is going to be the pick. So they go with uh, Darius Garland's got some nice uh, flexibility in terms of point guard, shooting guard aspects. I think he would be a really good pick here. And again, we talk about how the connections with his agency make a lot of sense for the Lakers. And that ends up being the pick here in Mach 2.0. Breaking down their roster as far as what's happening and what's going to be happening. Rajon Rondo is an unrestricted free agent for the point guards. But they do have Lonzo Ball, Isaac Bonga, a guy I'm really, really uh, a big fan of under contract, and so then you would add to that list uh, Darius Garland. Shooting guards, a lot of uh, flexi- or a lot of flexibility here because uh, KCP, Lance Stevenson, and Reggie Bullock, all unrestricted free agents, wouldn't shock me if none of them were back. You have Josh Hart, still under contract, who's been a really solid pickup for them. Small forwards, obviously, LeBron James and Brandon Ingram, both under contract. Lots to like there. Power forwards, Mike Muscala, I don't know what's going to happen with him. But uh, Moritz Wagner and Kyle Kuzma both under contract. Kyle Kuzma obviously brought a little bit of luck as he was the representative for the Lakers at the NBA lottery. And centers, you actually have both centers, JaVale McGee and Tyson Chandler, are unrestricted free agents. I'm not sure what they're going to end up doing with those two players. I think a lot of people, even though in his advanced age, still really like Tyson Chandler. And, you know, all things considered, I'm a fan of JaVale McGee. I think he offers some things uh, with his athleticism. Again, he makes a lot of bonehead plays, but come on. I think considering the price, not the worst thing if you were to bring him back, but we'll see what they end up uh, deciding to do with the Lakers. Pick number five, 
we go on to the Cavs. And just given the way this draft has gone, Jarrett Culver will be the pick. Him and Colin Sexton, obviously two of the building blocks, along with uh, their best player currently, which is Kevin Love. So Jarrett Culver is the pick at number five. Looking at the Cleveland Cavaliers situation as far as the multi-year summary is concerned. Now, if you're a Cleveland Cavaliers fan, let's not pretend that you're feeling real positive. But I think there's some things to like. You look at the situation, some rough guard spots. So looking at this, Brandon Knight, Jordan Clarkson, Del Dova, all under contract for this season. And you know how much money that is? Too much, first of all. But it's almost $40 million between the three of them. That is gross. You also have J.R. Smith, who's still under contract at almost $16 million. As far as shooting guards are concerned, it's, it's really rough. I mean, seriously, just being honest, there's not a lot to like at those guard positions. Colin Sexton, obviously, uh, you know, had some nice play last year, and you're hoping to, consider, you're hoping to see him build. Uh, Jetty Osmond, I'm a fan of Jetty Osmond. He is still under contract, as the, and he's actually the only technically small forward that's actually under contract. So one thing to look for there as far as free agency or possibly later in the draft are concerned, maybe they look to that small forward position. Power forwards, a couple guys. So Larry Nance and John Henson, both still under contract. How about this? So $22 million. To me, there's a lot of money wasted within the Cavs organization on players that just aren't worth what they're being paid. You'll see a number of examples. Moving on, though, the center position, you have Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson, and Ante Zizic all under contract. This is a pretty big payroll for a team that's really going to be not great next year. So anything they can do to improve in the draft is definitely going to be crucial. At number six, we move on at the six pick, Suns. And I have them taking the point guard out of North Carolina, Kobe White, a player that I would love to drop to the Wolves. But let's be honest, that's just not going to happen. When you have teams like the Grizzlies, the Suns, the Bulls, there's a number of teams that could really use a top-tier point guard. And that's why, that's why Kobe White goes here to the Suns at pick number six. Now, looking at the Suns, they have kind of an interesting team. Lots of young pieces, but just really struggling. Nothing's really panned out as of yet as far as their team is concerned. Uh, It's going to be a long road ahead despite all the talent that they've drafted. Looking at the point guard position to start, Elia Kobo, D'Anthony Melton, and Jimmer Fredette all under contract for uh, basically min contracts for next season. At the shooting guard spot, oh, and by the way, and that's why it makes a lot of sense to get a guy like Kobe White in there. You want someone that's going to be able to kind of take those reins. Shooting guards, you have Tyler Johnson, one last season, and they'll be probably very pleased to get off of his money. Devin Booker. And then uh, Troy Daniels and Jamal Crawford uh, are unrestricted free agents. At that small forward spot, you have TJ Warren and Mikhail Bridges, both under contract. And then you have a team option for Josh Jackson, which I would have to imagine has been picked up or will be picked up. At power forward, you have unrestricted free agents, Dragon Bender and Rashawn Holmes. Ray Spaulding is under contract, and that's it. So not a lot going on at the power forward position. And same with the center position. At center, the only guy that you have is DeAndre Ayton. So I think this is a team that's going to look to make some changes here at that 4-5 or five spot. Definitely get a little bit of depth. You want someone that's going to be able to start at that power forward spot. I'm interested to see uh, what they end up doing here. Oh, and one other thing I did not mention is small forwards. Uh, Kelly Oubre Jr. is a restricted free agent. So we'll see if they end up bringing him back. On to pick number seven, and the Bulls really hate what happened here. They could use a a point guard 100%. They're stuck right now with Chris Dunn. 
that's not going to get the job done, as, as they're well aware at this point, as Wolves fans were well aware when he was here. But John Morant's gone. Darius Garland's gone. Kobe White's gone. There's no other point guard that is worth taking right here. And so value-wise, they end up going at Cam Reddish. So Cam Reddish is the pick for the Bulls here at pick number seven. Lots to like about Cam Reddish's game. And I think uh, for a team like the Bulls that are still in full rebuild mode, you got to go best player available. And I think that's what you're doing here. Plus, you're not only going best player available, but if you look at some of the other pieces that are available at this spot, guys like DeAndre Hunter, uh, Bull Bull, Sekou Dumbuya, Brandon Clark, Jackson Hayes, you're not going to want to go with those positions since it's close. You want to go with someone that is a, a little bit different than what you already have. And you've got Lowry Markin at the four. You've got Wendell Carter Jr. So you've got players that already fit in some of those other spaces. And since it's relatively close, uh, Cam Reddish makes a lot of sense here for the Bulls. Taking a look at their full roster and as far as the cap is concerned, kind of what they're working with for the next uh, few years. Uh, specifically, though, looking at this next year, we start with that point guard spot. Again, they have Chris Dunn and Shaq Harrison. That's it. Shooting guards, Zach Levine, who, when he's healthy, fantastic on the offensive end, obviously leaves a little bit to desire on the defensive end. Shooting guards, though, Zach Levine, other than him, it's Denzel Valentine and Timothy Luabu Cabarrol, both of the club options. Anyone that knows me knows I am a huge fan of TLC. I just don't know that it's really worked out so well for him. It would have been nice if he could have gone to a better situation. You went to the Sixers, barely played, Went to the Bulls. Just just needs a little uh, work still. It's still a young player, though, so let's not pretend it's all over for him. But you definitely want to see him start to take the next steps. And then Antonio Blakeney also is still under contract at that shooting guard position. Wayne Selden, by the way, is a restricted free agent. Moving on to small forwards, Otto Porter Jr. and Chandler Hutchison, both under contract. Power forwards, Cristiano Felicio, Lowry Marketing, and Wendell Carter Jr. They can be under contract. Lowry has a uh, team option, which they will pick up. And then Robin Lopez is an unrestricted free agent as far as centers are concerned. So looking at it that way, uh, maybe another option really honestly could be center if they really wanted to go that route. A lot of it depends on how you view Wendell Carter Jr. But they have a little flexibility here. A number of different options as far as uh, who could go here at 7 to the Bulls. At number 8, we have the first of uh, the Hawks' two picks here in the top 10. And in this case, we have them going DeAndre Hunter. So DeAndre Hunter is the Atlanta Hawks pick here at number eight. Taking a look at their roster and seeing kind of how the uh, numbers stack up for the next few years. At point guard, of course, Trey Young. They do still have Jalen Adams. Shooting guards, Kent Bazemore in the final year of his monster contract where he was vastly overpaid or at least was not able to play at a high enough level to justify that contract. Kevin Herter, a solid rookie last year. They do still have Vince Carter, or they had Vince Carter, who's now unrestricted. I would assume he'll go somewhere else, but you never know. Maybe they bring him back. And then Tyler Dorsey um, does have a, well, it says here he's a restricted free agent, but that they also have some sort of a option of sorts. Well, regardless, uh, maybe they bring him back. Small forwards, you have Torian Prince and DeAndre Bembry. Power forwards, the great John Collins. You have Amari Spellman. And then looking at that center spot, number of guys on the on the roster that are part of this. Plumlee is under contract for a pretty large amount. You have Alex Len, Deonta Davis, Isaac Humphreys. So a few players are out there as far as positions are concerned. And for a, the, this Hawks team, you really just want to go with the best player available. 
And in this instance, I do think it is DeAndre Hunter. At number nine, we have the Washington Wizards, and they take Jackson Hayes. Jackson Hayes, another player that would make some sense for the Hawks. Another player they might go with at eight, but I think DeAndre Hunter is probably the best bet just in terms of value there at number eight. So the Wizards are able to take Jackson Hayes here at number nine. Taking a look at the Washington Wizards and their situation as far as the team roster and cap are concerned. A few uh, a few names on the list. Obviously, they've made some trades recently, and you have John Wall's injuries. So there's lots to take into account here. John Wall under contract through 2022, and again, uh, a lot of it's going to depend on how he comes back, how useful he's going to be. And Chase and Randall, by the way, is a restricted free agent. The shooting guard position, you have Bradley Beal still under contract. Uh, Thomas Sadoransky and Jordan McRae are restricted free agents. Small forwards, Trevor Ariza is unrestricted. Sam Decker is restricted. Jeff Green unrestricted. And Troy Brown Jr., of course, still under contract. Power forwards, you have a team option for Jabari Parker at $20 million. And then Bobby Portis is restricted. I'm sure they're going to want to bring Bobby Portis back. At the center position, you have Jan Mahinmi and Dwight Howard. Thomas Bryant is a restricted free agent. Definitely going to want to bring him back. Makes a lot of sense. Jackson Hayes to be the pick here. At number 10, we have the Hawks. And with Jackson Hayes off the board, I have the Hawks going with Bull Bull. Already went over their situation as far as players are concerned. So again, we just go over the player itself. And in this case, the Hawks take Bull Bull at pick number 10. Now moving on to pick 11, we have the whole reason you're here listening to the Howl. And that is the Timberwolves selecting. Timberwolves, we have them going. Now, actually, before I say who they end up taking in the mock draft, kind of going over some of the players that have already gone off the board. Players like John Morant, Darius Garland, Kobe White, players that can play that lead guard position would be ideal. In mock draft number one, I did have Kobe White going to us at pick number 10. Obviously, we have slid back one spot. But even so... At this point, I will say I don't think any of the point guards are going to be available. Another guy we can go with, though, is the guy we do go with, and that is Seku Dumbuya. I'm really um, starting to fall in love with this pick more and more. Very much a high ceiling, lower floor type player, but this is the home run pick. This is very similar to when we drafted Zach Levine, one of those guys you were just hoping if he pans out, you know, sky's the limit, and I think Seku is another player just like that. So, player to watch. If you have not, now I'm probably going to put out, we'll, we'll probably put out some sort of a, a Howl video or a highlight, or sorry, a Howlite vid- video on our YouTube channel. So, watch for that. We're going to probably try to do that. And we tend to do that with a number of the players that are possibilities. We actually did that at last year with the Wolves draft picks. If you have not watched it, you could still. Uh, we made a video for Josh Akogi, and we also made a video for Jared Terrell. Just kind of a look at. Uh, one or two of their games uh, in its entirety, basically just the the minutes that they played. So taking out all the excess stuff. So that's all you're looking at in that regard. So that's the Wolves taking Seku Dumbuya at pick number 11. Now, I think it's just a good idea as we're here, go over the Wolves situation, although most people probably already know it, especially if you listen to our show, as we've gone over this stuff in the past. Definitely going to be some changes. Now, Jeff Teague did pick up his option. That's $19 million. As far as point guards are concerned, that's it. Uh, Jared Bayless is unrestricted. Derrick Rose is unrestricted. And Tyus Jones is restricted. Now, if I'm, if I'm the Wolves, there's a few things I'm going to do. Number one, 
Jeff Teague, I'm going to look to trade him if I can. Maybe on draft night, maybe after that. He is he is an expiring contract now. He's not you know he's not under contract after this season. It's a lot of money though. 19 million is not a small drop in the bucket. But it's not like Jeff Teague is a bad player. So, but worse comes to worse, if if you go into next year and your two guards are Jeff Teague and Tyus Jones, I'm very pleased with that. You can make Jared Terrell if you wanted to uh, keep him on the books, make him kind of your um, emergency point guard. That would be one option. Another option, too, and a player I was really a fan of while he was here was Isaiah Kanan. I thought Isaiah Kanan was a very capable player, really good-looking jump shot. I'm telling you, if you want to watch a guy that knows what he's doing when he shoots, Isaiah Kanan, just a really pretty jumper. As I've said in the past, I kind of feel like jump shooting is an art form, and he is definitely a guy that's got that art form down. So I would be completely fine if they wanted to bring a player like that back. Uh, moving on to shooting guards, though, uh, Josh Okoge is the only technical shooting guard, although Andrew Wiggins definitely does play some two as well. You have at the small forward position, though, Andrew Wiggins, Robert Covington, Lou Aldang, and Keita Bates-Diop. Power forwards, you have Taj Gibson and Anthony Tolliver are unrestricted free agents. And actually, I misspoke. For the small forwards, Lou Aldang is an unrestricted free agent, but he could make some sense. if you're able, Let's say you could bring him back on like a min contract. I would definitely do it. I thought when he played minutes, when he when he was in the game, I thought he was super productive. And just given the time he's uh, been with, like let's say the Lakers, for example, where he didn't really play much, makes a lot of sense that the, his body hasn't taken, at least in recent years, uh, the same kind of wear and tear. But, of course, he did play for Thibs for a number of years, and so that kind of offsets that a little bit. But anyways, uh, moving on to the power forwards, we have Taj Gibson and Anthony Tolliver. Both unrestricted. Would love to have one or both of them back at the right price. For example, if Anthony Tolliver would come back, uh, he made you know almost six million last year. Taj Gibson fourteen. If you could get Taj Gibson on a reasonable contract, I would one hundred percent bring him back. If you could have, how about this? Here's a good example. So if Taj Gibson could come back, and let's say he made around seven, you've got Saric making uh, three point five. So if you're talking about combined between those two players uh you're you know maybe around 10 that's not bad but again in this situation we've grabbed Seku Dambuya what better way to to have this guy train than under Taj Gibson Darius Arch and you know maybe a guy like Tolliver those players what's great about it is Taj Gibson's the more the back to the basket the post player Saric and Tolliver are more perimeter-based power forwards, I would say. I think uh, Saric obviously can do both. Tolliver, though, not a whole lot of inside game, at least now in his career. So I think that gives Dembuya a lot to work with as far as being able to, uh, something to model after as far as the modern-day power forward is concerned. And moving on to centers, looking at what we've got there, obviously Gorgie Jang still under contract for next year, and he is not an expiring. $16 million this coming year, $17 million the year after. Almost impossible for my money to be able to trade him. But the one caveat, for, in my mind anyways, I know not a lot of people are necessarily going to agree, but the second half of the season, and actually more specifically probably the second half of the second half of the season, I was very impressed with Gorgie Jang. There was a time in that second half, once Ryan was the coach, where he actually benched Gorgie Jang and stopped playing him for a while. And after that, when he finally got minutes again, Gorgie Jang looked like the Gorgie Jang we used to get. And I was very impressed with what he brought to the table. Now, Obviously, he's still overpaid for what you're getting from him. But if you're stuck with him, what you want is that guy that you got towards the end of last season. And if Ryan Saunders can continue, now, 
again, a lot of that depends on if he's the coach, which I think the good, the smart money is that he is. But if he's the coach still, makes a lot of sense um, to find a way to get as much out of Gorgie Jang as you can. And I thought Ryan did a pretty good job of that last season. All right, moving on to pick number 12. We have the Hornets. And I think the Hornets are pretty happy here if this were to be the case. And Brandon Clark slid to them, and he is the pick here at number 12. Uh, my understanding is that some scouts across the league are a lot further down than some other pe- than, than they were originally, or than, at least than some people thought. Good example, uh, Sam Vecini put out his mock draft recently. One thing he talked about was he thinks that Brandon Clark is the perfect fit for the Timberwolves. So, you know, if the Wolves do go Brandon Clark at 11, I'm fine with that. I think he makes a lot of sense. But he says of all the players in the draft, he thinks that might be the best fit of anybody is Brandon Clark to the Wolves. But based on his intel, uh, Brandon Clark has slid a bit. So I think uh, it's very reasonable that he would still be here. But I think he makes a lot of sense for the Hornets. So the Hornets take Brandon Clark at number 12. Taking a look at the Hornets situation as far as the multi-year cap summary is concerned, uh, a number of things to look at. Now, the Hornets are one of those teams very similar to the Clippers of a few years past where they're kind of stuck in that mediocrity. They're not the worst team ever. They're not the best team ever by any means. And they're kind of just stuck in that mediocrity. So that's that's the interesting part is what are they going to do to get out of that hole? Now, they do have... Uh, we'll start with uh, a good way to start would actually be looking at specifically the the point guard position, but specifically Kemba Walker, I think is, is pretty important to what they're going to build. Now, my understanding is that they're planning on bringing him back uh, for good reason, but he also wants to come back because he's unrestricted. Now, you do have Devontae Graham and Tony Parker under contract. Uh, Shelvin, Shelvin Mack is unrestricted. There's also uh, some rumors out there that Tony Parker might decide to retire. So it's going to be important to get Kemba Walker back. But look at some of these. Look at some of this wasted money, and it's and believe me, it's wasted money. You have Nick Batum at the shooting guard position specifically. Nick Batum, twenty five million, definitely getting overpaid. Jeremy Lamb is unrestricted, uh, has been pretty solid for them though. And then Malik Monk. Uh, my understanding from a lot of what I've seen on social media, as far as. Hornets fans are concerned. They are not pleased with what they've gotten out of Malik Monk. And some people actually have them take going after a guard-type player, maybe a Romeo Langford or something like that because they're so fed up with Monk. I personally think it's too early to give up on Monk, but he has underperformed, and that's something to keep in mind. Small forwards, we have Michael Kidd-Gilchrist. He has a team option, $13 million. Miles Bridges is uh, still under contract, obviously, and uh, has looked pretty good. I think he's going to be a very nice piece for them. And then they have Dwayne Bacon as well. So all their small forwards are technically under contract. Power forwards, Marvin Williams has a team option. We'll see if they actually pick that up. Frank Kaminsky is an, a restricted free agent. Again, I'm not sure if they're going to end up keeping him or not. And then you run into uh, where the real logjam, real problem is, money-wise. They have $32, 33000000 million at the center position. Bismarck Biombo, Cody Zeller, Willie Hernan Gomez. Not a lot to work with there. It's... It's definitely a bit of a struggle if you're a Hornets fan looking at that center position. Again, next year, don't expect much, Hornets fans. It's it's going to be ugly. But if you can bring in a guy like Brandon Clark, add him to the mix of guys you already have with uh, leading the way, obviously, with Kemba Walker, maybe you start to right that ship little by little, and uh, and you go from there. So it's going to be interesting to see how they approach this offseason, especially given you know they're already over the cap. 
for next season. But look at 2021, uh, only $53 million on the books. 21-22 right now, $5 million on the books. So while next year is probably going to be a little rough, after that, there is probably light at the tunnel, Hornets fans. Depending on how the front office handles things, there's definitely um, kind of a way to get out of this situation, and we will see if they take it. At 13, you have the Heat, and I have them going with Romeo Langford is the pick. I, I think it makes a lot of sense for them, and it's a pretty good value pick as far as I'm concerned. Romeo Langford is interesting because he didn't have the college career I think some people were hoping for him, and he definitely has some detractions, but I think he would make a lot of sense here, and he could he could end up being one of those steals of the draft depending on what you get out of him going forward. Now, the Heat are another franchise. You know, you're going to be losing Dwayne Wade, likely, because uh, he's going to be retiring. You have some nice pieces, whether it's Josh Richardson. Uh, you know, they got some veterans in there that, that probably aren't, aren't helping the cause a lot. Hassan Whiteside, what's going to happen with him? You've got, uh, let's take a look at their cap situation here. So, Goran Dragic has a player option. And actually, uh, I misread that before. The players from the Hornets, so for example, Marvin Williams, actually have player options. I apologize. Uh, I was mistaken on that. But anyway, so Goran Dragic does have a player option, which for you know almost $20 million, I think he's taken that. Shooting guards, you have Deion Waiters and Kendrick Nunner on, are, are still up for grabs. They are part of the team. But uh, Dwayne Wade, obviously unrestricted because he will be retiring. Small forwards, all of them are under contract. And... Very, very solid at this position. I think this is a this is a good spot to be in. Josh Richardson, Justice Winslow, Derek Jones Jr. I mean, nothing wrong with that. That's that's a really solid crew there. Looking at the power forwards, it's uh it's a little ugly here. How about this? You're paying, my goodness, almost like thirty eight million dollars to your power forwards. Ryan Anderson, James Johnson, and uh, Yante Matten. So that's uh, a little less than ideal. And then how about looking at the center position? You want to talk about spending a lot of money? They're at almost $55 million at the center position. You're talking $27 million to Hassan Whiteside. Uh, player option, which he's not turning $27 million down. He'd be crazy. Kelly Olenek uh, making almost $13 million. And uh, Bam Adebayo, or Idris Adebayo, as some people might know him, uh, making $4 million. I'm a big Bam Adebayo fan. You know, when we were talking about possibly trading with the Heat in the Jimmy Butler uh, scenario, Bam Adebayo was a guy I really wanted to get. And, and for good reason, the Heat are high on him. I'm very intrigued to see what he turns into. So that kind of is the cap room or the cap scenario that they're looking at. How about this for cap, uh, cap what they're spending in 2019-2020? They're at $140 million already. And that's a team that didn't make the playoffs. Think about that. They didn't even make the playoffs. And that's a lot of money. It's going to be... A tough off season for them, and I'm sorry, Miami fans. It could it could get ugly. It it could be uh it could be tough because you don't have a lot of room to do much. This was one of the reasons we talked about the Jimmy Butler trade. People talked about, oh, we can just get him in free agency. You can't. You can't get him in free agency. That was the whole point of the trade. So it is what it is at this point. I'm very pleased with the haul the Wolves got in that scenario. But Heat fans, definitely some reason to be concerned if you're a fan of the Heat. But here we go at 13. Romeo Langford is the pick. Moving on to the Celtics. Celtics, keep in mind, have three picks in this draft. So definitely lots of draft capital to work with. Are they going to decide they want to move on from some of these picks, maybe make some trades? They've got a ton of flexibility. Uh, rumors are starting that Kyrie Irving's not going to stay there. So you wonder what happens with in that regard. I'm very intrigued with uh, this offseason for the Celtics. Obviously a very good franchise. 
but they underperformed. I think a lot of people would agree they've underperformed uh, since they've made some of their big moves. So this offseason, much like some of these other teams we just talked about, is going to be pretty big. Uh, does Kyrie Irving come back? What, what, what happens with him? What happens with some of these draft picks? Do they go after Anthony Davis? They've got a lot of pieces in place. Do they maybe try to make a trade for Anthony Davis? Celtics have a lot of options. Uh, Danny Ainge has got his work cut out for him. He's got to make those decisions. And it's, it's going to be a big offseason for the future of the Celtics. Let's take a look at their position as far as uh, the team is concerned, as far as salary cap is concerned. So bringing up the Boston Celtics on uh, Spotrack. So we go over to the multi-year summary. Starting off with the point guards, uh, again, so Kyrie Irving does have a player option, which uh, he's not picking up. All signs point to that. Marcus Smart uh, is under contract for $12 million, but Terry, Scary Terry, uh, Brad Wanamaker, Jonathan Gibson, some names that were on the books are all coming off. And, you know, if you heard the, one of the recent interviews with Scary Terry, it does not sound like uh, he wants to go back to Boston. He really, it sounds like he has some issues with that team. So you're likely losing him. That's going to be tough. Uh, it, it puts you in a, a little bit of a rough spot. Shooting guards, you have Jalen Brown under contract. Small forwards, Gordon Hayward and Jason Tatum, both under contract. Going to power forwards, Marcus Morris is an unrestricted free agent has been really solid, especially if you ever watch when the Wolves play. The Morris guys, both the Morris twins, whenever they play us, really seem to have our number. But uh, other power forwards, uh, Gershon, Yabusele, and Robert Williams, semi Ojale, all under contract. Uh, Daniel Tice is a restricted free agent. And then centers, uh, both player options, but Aaron Baines and Al Horford uh, both have player options. I think they pick them up. I know Aaron Baines really likes his time with the Celtics, really likes being there, and so I would assume he's going to stay there. I think he even took less money last offseason to stay there, so I'd be pretty shocked if he is not there uh, at the start of the season. So the pick I have for them is actually Goga Batadze. Goga Batadze is, uh, I, to, for my money anyways, I think he's a very interesting player. I'm, I'm, I'm very intrigued by what he's going to bring to the next level. He is... You know, 19 years of age, so he's quite young. And definitely one of the top international prospects that's available in this draft. So that's going to be a, a name to watch for. He's a center, six foot 11, 250, coming out of uh, Georgia. And actually plays for uh, Mega Bamax is uh, the team he's with. But that's a, I think he's a very intriguing name to watch. And the Celtics with three picks likely go international with at least one of them if they were to keep all of those picks. Moving on to the next one, we have the Pistons. And the Pistons take kind of a polarizing player just because some people think he could go in the lottery. But he's dropped. I I would say he's dropped a little bit as of late as other players have risen. And that is Kevin Porter Jr. So Kevin Porter Jr. is who I have going to the Detroit Pistons. And so I think he makes a lot of sense here for them. Kevin Porter is the 6'5 wing out of USC. He was a freshman. Going to make a lot of sense for a team like the Pistons that uh, definitely need some things to kind of take it to that next level. They did sneak into the playoffs. They're not a bad team by any means. You've got some nice pieces in place with uh, with your squad as far as the Pistons are concerned. Uh, their roster makeup's a little goofy for me, for me at times, but in terms of value, I think this is a pretty good value pick and, and kind of another uh, boomer bust type pick. Uh, it's going to be... One of those picks where high ceiling, low floor, or, or lower floor at least, I think he can jump in and play right away and, and, and could be productive. Looking at who they actually have on the squad, uh, they have just one point guard left, and that is Reggie Jackson. $18 million, though. That's a lot of money. Unrestricted free agents, Ish Smith and Jose Calderon. 
Looking at the uh, shooting guard position, they have Langston Galloway. Glenn Robinson III has a team option. Luke Kennard, uh, Svi McCulloch, Bruce Brown, and Kyrie Thomas. So, you know, they're a little bit heavy as far as the shooting guard position is concerned. But no one really jumps off the page. Langston Galloway's not the answer. Uh, you know, I would argue Glenn Robinson's not the answer. Wayne Ellington, you're losing him. He's, a restrict- he's an unrestricted free agent. It's, uh, you know, a lot of it depends on what you're looking to do. And some of these players, think about this. They have no one listed as a small forward. So part of it is that some of these guys are going to be playing that small forwards position as well. But with no small forwards on, on there, if you, if, if, if you can use Kevin Porter as a small forward, it makes a lot of sense and gives you a little flexibility as far as the wing position is concerned. Power forwards, you have Blake Griffin, of course, the big name guy there. And John Luer, both under contract. Centers, Thonmaker and Andre Drummond. And Zaza Pachulia is an unrestricted free agent. He will be coming off the books. If he's still in the league next year, probably a min guy. Maybe they look to bring him back. But I think they like what they have with Drummond and Thon Maker. Next team on the docket, we have the Magic. And the Orlando Magic at 16 take Ru Hashimura. Ru Hashimura, for anyone that doesn't know, is the forward out of Gonzaga. Now, Ruhashimura, I really like what he brings to the table. I, I personally am a big fan of his. He is the uh, small forward, power forward, six foot eight. Again, junior out of Gonzaga, could be a could be a pretty good pick for them. And I think this is pretty good value. I know some people think he could go a little higher than this. I think this is right about where he's gonna cr- probably be sitting. So the Magic and sixteen take Ruhashimura uh, out of Gonzaga. Taking a look at the Orlando Magic and what they're. Uh, Capital is going to be kind of their cap space going into this offseason. They've got a, a number of players on the books. Surprisingly, you know, I think they were one of the surprising teams this year making the playoffs. I get that it's in the East, but still, I don't think most people expected that. Now, you start with the point guard position. Definitely, that's a spot where they're looking to maybe make some changes or, or hoping that someone takes off. They've got Markel Fultz and DJ Augustine under contract. And, uh, you know, that's really about it. Jerry and Grant and Michael Carter-Williams are... Um, restricted slash unrestricted. Shooting guards, Evan Fournier is under contract still. Terrence Ross will be off the books. Small forwards, Wesley Awundu. Now, Awundu has a team option. And then uh, Melvin Frazier is also there. Power, And that's, by the way, a lot of why uh, Ruashimuro makes sense because if you can use him at that small forward spot, I think uh, that's a pretty good value there. Power forwards, Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac, of course, jump off the page. Jonathan Isaac gives you uh, definitely a little bit of flexibility as far as his size and his basketball skill. Center position, you have Tim Mozgov, one more season on the books, and Mo Bamba, of course, the big rookie from last season, who they have pretty high expectations for, is looking to uh, continue his development. Next pick we have on the schedule, 17th is the New Jersey, sorry, the Brooklyn Nets. And the Brooklyn Nets, I have them taking P.J. Washington. P.J. Washington is the power forward out of Kentucky. An interesting name, to say the least. I, I like what he brings to the table. Uh, he's got some, uh, some, you know, he's 6'8", uh, 235. He is a sophomore, so he's still relatively young. You know, it's not like you're getting some older player. And I, I think he makes a lot of sense for what they're trying to do here. So if we break down... The Nets. Now, the Nets are, are definitely trending in the right direction. There's been rumors that maybe Jimmy Butler would, is thinking of going there. And I know when he was putting out his list of teams he would want to play with, uh, they were on that list. And so that would make some sense if, if that's a place he wants to go. I'm always a little surprised when people want to go to the Nets. But 
That's one of the up-and-coming teams, and they've got some really nice pieces. So D'Angelo Russell's restricted. Of course they're going to want to bring him back. And they also have Shabazz Napier and Spencer Dinwiddie under contract. Shooting guards, you have Alan Crabb, Joe Harris, Karis LeVert, Zanin Musa, and Trevion Graham. So obviously we're not, we're not thinking shooting guard as far as they're concerned. They have small forwards. Most of them are, are free agents. So Damari Carroll, Jared Dudley, and Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, all free agents. Unrestricted for Carroll and Dudley, Hollis-Jefferson is restricted. And then you have Rodion's Kuricks. Power forwards, you have none. Because the only one you had on your roster, Ed Davis, is unrestricted. P.J. Washington can slide right in there. Now, there are some people that think P.J. Washington is more deserving of a higher slot, maybe in the lottery. I personally think, just given the teams that are up there, needs, things like that, uh, I think P.J. Washington makes a lot of sense in this range. And I think the Nets jump at the chance to take him. And then for centers, obviously, they have Jared Allen. And Jared Allen is uh, definitely one of the up-and-coming centers in this league. A lot to like if you're a Nets fan. I think your future's bright, and P.J. Washington will help make it just that much brighter. Moving on, we have the Indiana Pacers, and one of my favorite players in this draft, just in terms of not only skill, he was uh, the two-time player of the year in his conference, and that is Grant Williams. Grant Williams may not be the flashiest player out there, but, man, there's a lot to like about his game. Really impressed with him. One thing I really like about Grant Williams is he was willing to play in the scrimmages. So he's one of the top talents in this draft, and he was willing to take part in the combine scrimmages. You don't really see that normally. Grant Williams, by the way, out of Tennessee, a junior, power forward, six foot seven. I really like what he brings to the table. Makes a lot of sense for the Pacers. Now, let's take a look at the Pacers' uh, cap situation. Kind of get an idea of what they're working with and who is going to be under contract going forward for next season. Starting with point guard, you have Darren Collison and Corey Joseph, both unrestricted free agents. But they've got a nice little pairing of Aaron Holiday and Edmund Sumner as far as young point guard prospects are concerned. Shooting guard, you have Victor Oladipo, but of course he had that injury, so you wonder how he's going to come back. Tyreek Evans is unrestricted, but he is now he's in a bit of hot water. He has been uh, banned from the league for, I believe it's two years, uh, due to some, uh, I believe it's drug issues, it sounds like, which is really troubling. And then you have Wes Matthews unrestricted. So, you know, shooting guard's another spot they might look at, or wing in general. Bohan Bogdanovich at small forward, he's not under contract, although you do still have Doug McDermott at $7 million. Very nice contract for him. So wing is another area where maybe they look. Power forwards, though, uh, TJ Leaf and Elise Johnson aren't jumping off the page necessarily. Thad Young is, a, is an unrestricted free agent. So it makes a lot of sense for the Pacers to go with a guy like Grant Williams. Good value there. And then centers, Miles Turner and DeMontis Sabonis getting the job done. Kyle O'Quinn is an unrestricted free agent. So the next pick, we have a team that just always seems to find a way to get not only luck, but but a definitely they have a skill for finding that that player that just maybe dropped a little further than you expected. And, and they find a way to get that person to pan out. And I think a good example here... Again, is the Spurs taking Nasir Little. Now, Nasir Little, of course, was a really highly touted player coming into college, and he just hasn't panned out as much as people had hoped. He is a North Carolina freshman, small forward, six foot six. I just think the value is 100% there. It's a good example. Nasir Little, just a, this is just one example, but you know, before the NCAA season started, uh, he was listed as being a lottery pick, and in some cases, like a top you know, five to ten pick. And obviously he didn't have the season he wanted, but 
I think the Spurs would be very pleased to get uh, a chance to take him here at number 19. And if the Spurs get him, if Greg Popovich gets his hands on him, I think Nasir Little has a really good chance of succeeding. And I think this could be a very, very good pick for them. I, there's, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of players that don't pan out when it comes to hype. But for some reason, the Spurs find a way to get the most out of players. And if anyone is going to real, uh, help him realize his potential, it is definitely the Spurs. Now, taking a look at their situation, starting with point guards, all their point guards are coming back. Patty Mills, Derek White, DeJount Murray. Now, DeJount Murray was hurt, so we'll see how he does end up coming back. Looking at the shooting guards, you have DeRozan, Bellinelli, Bryn Forbes, and Lonnie Walker, all under contract still. Small forwards, you have Davis, Bertans, and also Rudy Gay, but Rudy Gay is unrestricted. So he, um, and I don't think they'll bring him back, especially if they do get a guy like Nasir Little, probably move on from Rudy. Now, power forwards, Marcus Aldridge and uh, Chemezi Metu are both under contract. But then Dante Cunningham and Domantas Montayunas. Now, Montayunas uh, was not with them. He just happened to be uh, under uh, under contract, or they were still paying some last season. So he's still on the books. But he's off now. But Dante Cunningham was a free agent. I think he Dante Cunningham is, is one of those role players that I just love. Loved his time here. There were some off-the-court uh, issues with Dante Cunningham. Not his fault. Uh, but just some things that caused his uh, time here to go a little differently at the end than we had hoped. Tried to get him back, have not as of yet, obviously, but he'd be a guy that could be interesting as a bench player. And then uh, center for the Spurs, they still have uh, Jakob Pertl, who does have one more season before he comes a restricted free agent. But I think if you add a player like Nasir Little to this mix, uh, you could do a lot worse than that. Uh, although as far as uh, centers are concerned, you know, if they if they wanted to go that route, they could take a chance on a, uh, on a different player, maybe a player like a Bruno Fernando or um, a Daniel Gafford. If, if, they were, if they were thinking maybe those players wouldn't slip to their later pick, uh, that those, some players like that could make a little more sense as well. Just names to watch for if you wanted a little more depth at the center position. But for my money, I think Nasir Little makes a ton of sense here and is the good value pick. Now, moving on to number 20, you have the Celtics. The second of the Celtics picks is, uh, is coming up here at number 20. We already went over their cap and uh, kind of their offseason, so we're going to skip that for now. But, uh, and this, has been a, uh, this seems like a popular name that I've seen linked to the Celtics, but that is going to be Keldon Johnson. Uh, he is the uh, wing, six foot six, uh, 215 freshman out of Kentucky. So, Keldon Johnson. And I think, again, he makes a lot of sense with uh, what they're trying to do there. They're not going to keep all three of these picks. In fact, there's a chance they don't keep any of them, depending on if they go all in on an Anthony Davis trade. It's going to be an interesting offseason, as we talked about earlier. But as of now, at 20, I have them going with Keldon Johnson. At 21, we have the Oklahoma City Thunder with their uh, only pick and first pick of the first round. Uh, as far as they are concerned, I have them going with the player Tyler Hero. So Tyler Hero is the the player that I have them taking. He is the shooting guard out of Kentucky, freshman, six foot five. Oklahoma City fans consistently talk about how they want shooting, and Tyler Hero would bring just that. So he makes a lot of sense to me. I've actually seen other people mocking him uh, to Oklahoma City Thunder. So that is a is that is definitely a player that. Uh, Makes a lot of sense, and a guy that we've seen linked to the Thunder. So looking at their offseason, let's see what they kind of have uh, going on cap-wise. Russell Westbrook and Dennis Schroeder are under contract. Raymond Felton will be unrestricted. Shooting guards Andre Roberson, Terrence Ferguson, and Hamadou Diallo all under contract still, but 
you you kind of wonder uh, what's going to happen there. Uh, are all those players really in the long-term plans? Uh, this gives them a little flexibility, I think, especially if you look at some of these other positions. You know, They don't need a point guard, obviously. They don't really necessarily need a uh, small forward as they've got a number of them under contract. Paul George, Jeremy Grant, Abdel Nader, Deontay Burton. Uh, power forwards, Patrick Patterson is under contract, or at least uh, he can be is a player option. And then you have a player option for Nolan's Noel and Steven Adams under contract at center. So maybe, you know, if you want to talk about a power forward could make some sense depending on if someone drops to them. That's another, you know, another player that, or another position specifically. But ultimately, shooting is a need for them. Shooting is a want. And that's why we go with Keldon, or sorry, with Tyler Hero here at 21. At 22, I think Celtics, if they were to keep this pick, they go with a value pick here, and that is Nikhil Alexander-Walker. I know a ton of people like what he's able to do on the basketball court. I know a lot of Wolves fans are, are pretty big into what he offers, and so I think he's a good value here. He is the guard out of Virginia Tech, the sophomore six foot five. He could go earlier. Now, I've seen some people saying he's going to go in the lottery. I personally don't think that's the case, but... It's one thing that, that could happen. I know a lot of people are fans. He's got a lot of fans in the NBA. But if they do uh, end up keeping these picks, this could be a great value pick for them. So, again, Nikhil Alexander-Walker to the Celtics at 22. 23, we have the Utah Jazz. And uh, another guy that I've seen popularly mocked to them. We have them going with the North Carolina small forward senior six foot eight Cameron Johnson. Cameron Johnson is the pick for the Utah Jazz. Very solid player. Uh, a lot of people like what he brings to the table at that position, and I think it's a pretty good value as far as the Jazz are concerned. Taking a look at the Jazz's offseason plans and their cap situation. At the point guard spot, Ricky Rubio will be an unrestricted free agent. I don't think he will be back there. Fingers crossed maybe he becomes a Minnesota Timberwolf again. We'll see what happens there. Maybe uh, we can work some sort of a trade-out. They can take Jeff Teague. And then uh, we'll end up signing Ricky Rubio. But anyways, they have uh, Dante Exum and Raul Neto under contract. Not exactly the uh, ammunition, ammunition you want at that position as far as uh, those being your only options. But uh, shooting guards, Kyle Korver, Donovan Mitchell, Grayson Allen. Small forwards, Joe Ingles, Jay Crowder, uh, Georges Nyang, and Royce O'Neal. Power forwards, Derek Favors. Rudy Gobert and Tony Bradley are under contract as far as centers are concerned. Ekbe Udo, uh, the good defensive center, is an unrestricted free agent. So it'll be interesting to see what they end up doing with this pick, but I do think Cam Johnson uh, is a very solid player, and uh, just depending on what they want to do on their offseason, this would be a, a move that would make some sense. Another, another thing they could look to do would be going with uh, more of a power forward or, or something of that nature. That would be another option. You know, very similar to what we talked about with a team like uh, some of the other teams that were recently on the board. But again, a lot of it depends on uh, who ends up dropping. If, if someone drops or if some players kind of move down a little bit, uh, maybe it makes some sense for them to grab. Maybe P.J. Washington drops further than people realize. Maybe someone wants to take a chance on kind of a power forward center combo, a player like a Charles Bassey, who I'm a big fan of, or a Daniel Gafford. Uh, this is kind of, I would say, their floor as far as when they could go. I, I think their their ceiling is a lot further down. They could be, you know, more so second round picks. But maybe a, maybe a, a team looks to do something like that. You definitely have some options. Uh, another guy that some people have looked at as a, uh, a fringe first round pick would be uh, uh, Chuma Okeke. 
uh, out of Auburn. He's another guy that maybe they'll take a look at. Or there's also players like Jalen McDaniels. Or if Grant Williams drops a little further. So I think you have some options position-wise. But value-wise and looking to get a shooter, getting someone that can help out, uh, the pick ends up being for the Jazz here at number 23, Cameron Johnson. All right, taking a look at 24. This one was a little tough for me. Looking at the Sixers, uh, you wonder how their offseason is going to go just in terms of, for example, Jimmy Butler. Is he going to stay there or is he going to opt out, go somewhere else? Or not, I mean, not opt out necessarily, but just uh, what is he going to end up doing? He does have a player option. People know he's not picking that up. He's going to demand max money. Is he going to stay there and do that there or is he going to go somewhere else? Uh, that's what's going to be the interesting uh, offseason for them. I think that's really the biggest talking point if you're a Sixers fan as far as this offseason is concerned. Looking at the, their situation, so point guards, Ben Simmons is under contract. T.J. McConnell is a free agent. Shooting guards, you have Jimmy Butler. Obviously, he has his option. J.J. Redick and Furkan Korkmaz are unrestricted free agents, and they have the rookie from last season, Zaire Smith, still under contract. Small forwards, Jonathan Simmons, Jonah Bolden, James Ennis. Tobias Harris is unrestricted, but my guess is they do want to try to bring him back if they can. And actually, that would tie into the center position when we get there. But power forwards first, they have none. Uh, Mike Scott is unrestricted, and so that's going to be uh, one of the things that they probably look at. So again, that's another position that that might make some sense for them to kind of take a look at would be the power forward position. They do, however, for centers, they have Joel Embiid under contract. But then uh, Boban, Amir Johnson, and Greg Monroe, all unrestricted free agents. Now, I think uh, if Joel, sorry, if Boban and Tobias Harris had their way, they would both be re-signed. They are the best of friends. And if you're the Sixers, it would make a lot of sense to try to re-sign both those players also. Uh, another uh, point of emphasis this offseason. So free agency is going to be big for them. But like we talked about, Mike Scott unrestricted. Wouldn't be surprised they try to bring him back. A lot of people like what he brings to the table for uh, any given team. Just one of those good role players. And so I think if you can bring him back at the right price, he only made $4 million in 2018. So at the right cost, if it's low enough, Mike Scott could make some sense to bring him back. If they bring back Boban, I, I mean, I like what they've kind of built there. But again, a power forward could be another position that they could look at. If they don't go power forward, I think they do go with a player like we have picked here, and that is Ty Jerome. Uh, Ty Jerome is a, a very solid player. Where he ends up going in this draft, I, I've kind of seen him mocked in different places. He's the point guard out of Virginia, the junior, six foot five. So he's got some decent size for being a point guard, which is good to see. And you're talking about Ben Simmons. There's not much after that. And if you can have a guy like Ty Jerome, maybe he plays a little two guard as well, a little flexibility there. And that's who we have going to pick number 24, and the Sixers is Ty Jerome. Moving on to pick number 25, we have the Blazers. And the Blazers, um, they're an interesting team, obviously. Currently, they are down two games to zero in the Western Conference Finals. But if a few few things had gone their way, or maybe a few calls had gone their way, we're, we have a different conversation right now, and the game and it's tied one game to one going to Portland. So there's a ton to like about the Portland Trailblazers. One thing, and this has been a common problem for them, one thing that we have not liked has been their cap situation, just given everything. But now they're seeing some success. It's good to see that some of those role players that are being overpaid are, are starting to step up. Uh, you know, Evan Turner, you'd love to be paying him a lot less than $18 million. But uh, how about this? We'll start with point guards. Damian Lillard still under contract. Shooting guards, CJ McCollum still under contract. But both Rodney Hood and Seth Curry are unrestricted free agents. Both players, I'm sure they would love to have back, but probably will be out of their price range. 
as far as shooting guards are concerned, though, they do have a couple young pieces that they got in the draft last season. Anthony Simons and Gary Trent Jr., they're going to hope those two guys kind of take that next step. Small forwards, you have Evan Turner, again, Mo Harkless, and then Jake Lehman is restricted free agent. Power forward position, Scalabissier is the only one under contract. So that's one position they might look at. And then centers, you have Nurkic. Obviously, he's going to have to come back from his leg injury. Myers Leonard and Zach Collins. Zach Collins, for my money, has really started to break out. Really been an important piece for what they're doing uh, in the playoffs, and I've been very impressed with Zach Collins. So he's going to be a, a really nice piece going forward. But as far as this mock is concerned, we have them taking KZ Akpala. I, I, I think a lot of people are pretty big fans of KZ Akpala. Looking at him, he is the wing out of Stanford, sophomore, six foot eight. Uh, so he's a shooting guard, small forward. Kaziak Paul is a very interesting name. I think he really adds, uh, he's a nice piece for the future, depending on what they think of Simons and Trent Jr. And obviously they've got Evan Turner and Mo Harkless. Uh, at times, Mo Harkless in the series, as an example, has really struggled to stay out of foul trouble. So I, I like a guy like Kaziak Paul that gives you a little position flexibility, especially if you're losing Rodney Hood and Seth Curry. So. This is a guy that, that fits a bunch of needs. The other way they could look to go, obviously, would be power forward. That's definitely going to be a position of need. There's a reason why Scal's not playing in the playoffs. Uh, that is a valid concern. So that's another position they might look at. Maybe P.J. Washington slides. I know I've seen some mocks that have him sliding. Would he make some sense? Are there other pieces, uh, guys like Daniel Gafford? Uh, maybe they look to try to way, find a way to trade up. Or maybe they maybe they, they take a, a shot on a guy like Chuma Okeke. That's another player. Now, he had gotten injured, of course, but uh, that's another player I've seen kind of mocked in this uh, end of the first round. Maybe Grant Williams, again, we talked about him earlier. Maybe he slides a bit. They have some options, but the way the mock has fallen here, I think it makes a lot of sense for them to go this route. So, again, they take Casey Akpala at 25. 26. We have the Cavaliers. Now, we've already gone over their offseason, all their situation, and how that's concerned. So at 26, I have them taking Matisse Tibble. Matisse Tibble is a player that I know some Wolves fans are really big fans of. He is the shooting guard small forward, six foot six, senior out of Washington. A lot to like about his game, and I think Cleveland would be more than happy uh, to get him at this spot late in the first round. Next up, we have pick 27. Pick 27 is the Nets. We've already gone over their offseason situation, so not much to talk about as far as they're concerned there. But we mentioned how their only center is Jarrett Allen. Well, let's change that and get them a pretty good value pick, a player that at one point was in the lottery, and that is Bruno Fernando, the center. Now, Bruno Fernando, for those that are not aware, is a, a, a pretty interesting prospect. He is the center out of Maryland, a sophomore, six foot ten. And probably fits a lot of what the Nets are trying to build. Gives them some nice depth behind Jarrett Allen. So, again, Bruno Fernando, the pick at 27 for the Brooklyn Nets. Three teams to go and three of the best teams in the league. Two teams uh, that we haven't talked about yet. One we have. At 28, we have the Warriors. And I have them taking Talon Horton Tucker. Talon Horton Tucker is the pick to the Warriors at pick number 28. I like him. I think he's a good prospect. This is good value where he ends up going. I've seen some people have him in the second round. He is the Iowa State freshman shooting guard small forward, six foot four. A little undersized depending on what position you play him at. But I think a good value pick here for the Nets. 
makes a lot of sense with, uh, or sorry, for the Warriors. And very similar to a Jordan Bell, where the Warriors find a way to get really good value in that late first, early second. And this draft appears to be no different. Looking at the Warriors, now they really have a, a tough offseason ahead of them. Who's going to stay? Who's going to go? It's going to be tough just given that you can't bring back your team you had before. You're going to have to make the tough decisions. And so let's take a look at this roster. So Steph Curry and Sean Livingston are still under contract, which is good for them. Quinn Cook is a restricted free agent. I would not be shocked if they do try to re-sign him depending on what he, you know, what he asks for just because Sean Livingston is not, you know, not going to be here forever. Clay Thompson's unrestricted. I think there's, you know, I've heard some rumors that he's getting a little fed up with the way the, uh, the game has gone with the Warriors. Obviously, they're winning games, but he wants to be more of a vital part, and he doesn't feel that he's been that at times. And, you know, it's one of those things where you're a big fish in a small pond uh, or a, something along those lines, I should say, where there's, uh, there's almost not enough. Too many cooks in the kitchen is a better way to look at it. There's not enough to go around, and so he's a little fed up with that. You then have Kevin Durant. Does have a player option, but he's going to be declining that to sign another deal. Probably isn't going to stay. I, I honestly don't think he stays, but I guess we'll see. And actually, we're going to be doing our uh, our 2K simulations based off of this mock draft. We'll see if 2K has him staying or leaving. Both Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant are going to be very polarizing names to watch this offseason. Uh, but for small forwards, like we said, Kevin Durant. You then have Andre Iguodala and Jacob Evans. Again, shooting guards, If let's say they lost Clay Thompson. That's it. They have no one, uh, no one else on, uh, on the docket, which is why uh, Talon makes a lot of sense. Small forwards, though, uh, to round it out, we have Jacob Evans, the solid defender, the rookie from last season, could be a, giving a bigger impact next year, depending on who stays and who goes. And then they have Kayvon Looney. I'm very intrigued as to what happens with Kayvon Looney. He is an unrestricted free agent. Power forwards, Draymond Green under contract, Alfonso McKinney under contract, Jonas Jarebko is an unrestricted free agent. I feel like he was basically ring chasing when he chose to go there, and so it wouldn't surprise me if he went somewhere else, make a little extra coin. Centers, Cousins unrestricted, Jordan Bell is restricted, Andrew Bogut unrestricted, Damian Jones, the only center under contract. So maybe center's another option that they look at, but I think they, their goal would be to try to really re-sign Jordan Bell. I think they like what he brings to the table, and maybe maybe Andrew Bogut decides to sign a you know a min deal or a cheap deal. Who knows? But I think they have some options. I mean, they are the Warriors. They do have Steph Curry under contract. They've got Draymond Green. It's not like they're going to be in trouble if uh, they were to lose Durant, Thompson, or both. They're still going to be able to find ways to be productive and to win. Pick number twenty nine. We have the Spurs. Already went over their off season, so we don't need to talk about that. But we will give them the pick of Daniel Gafford. Daniel Gafford is the power forward center out of Arkansas, a sophomore, six foot ten. I like what he brings to this squad, and it definitely is a position as we talked about before. You know, we had them at that first pick taking Nasir Little. We mentioned how big man is another position they could look at if, for some reason, they keep both these picks. I'm not saying that they will. If they did, I think you could do a lot worse than grabbing Daniel Gafford here at 29 to the Spurs. And we round out the list with one of my favorite players in this draft. I really think he's a sleeper. If you didn't get a chance to watch it, you can watch it on ESPN3, but you can actually watch the this pick here, Charles Bassey, who actually took part in the day one scrimmages at the Combine. Didn't have the best game, started off pretty strong. What hurt Charles Bassey in that scrimmage was his teammates. 
his teammates really struggled to get in the ball, didn't really even try. A lot of uh, me first on the team he was on, and it, and it really showed as they got blown out of the gym in the second half. But Charles Bassey was, going into the season, was a lottery pick by, by uh, some people. Uh, I think his, his value definitely dropped a little bit. He didn't have the, the season that he was probably hoping for at Western Kentucky. Now, for anyone that is not aware, Charles Bassey and what his story is. So, again, he is from Western Kentucky. Power forward center, 245, 6'10". He is a freshman. But he was pretty highly touted as far as uh, players going into college are concerned. And he's going to be a big name to watch. I saw a, a riff, I saw a different mock draft that had him going to the Wolves, actually, in the second round, which, for my money, would be amazing. But if you are the Bucks, I think going with a player like this makes a lot of sense. This is the last team we're going to do here on Mock Draft 2.0. Again, you're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing Minette channel. We are the Howl, and this is Mock Draft 2.0, my first post-lottery mock draft. Looking at the last team, again, the Milwaukee Bucks, taking a look at their cap situation and what their offseason kind of brings. We'll start with the point guard position. George Hill and Eric Bledsoe both under contract still. Malcolm Brogdon is a restricted free agent. <coughs> we'll see what they end up doing there. Shooting guards, you have all of them under contract still. So recent draft picked Dante DiVincenzo. They have Tony Snell, Pat Connaughton, and Sterling Brown. Tony Snell, my goodness, $11 million he's getting paid? Woof. Good for him getting that bank. Uh, small forwards, you have Chris Middleton. Now, Chris Middleton does have a player option. I'm interested to see if he... He's not going to pick that player option up. He's going to get a lot more lucrative contract. Heck, if we're talking about this, Tony Snell's making $11 million. Chris Middleton should be making more than 13 Power forwards, well, that's, that's what he's listed at anyways, but Giannis plays a number of positions. But Giannis under contract... Miritich is unrestricted. Ursan Ilyasova and DJ Wilson are both still under contract for next season. And for centers, they have nobody under contract. Brooke Lopez and Pau Gasol both unrestricted. Step in my guy, Charles Bassey, and hope that he can make some sort of a... He can help you in year one. You're hoping he could... Now, granted, he's, again, kind of that low-floor, high-ceiling guy. But you know what? Sky's the limit for Charles Bassey. I think he's a great pickup here for the Milwaukee Bucks. And that rounds out our mock draft 2.0. Again, we'll go over the uh, the teams really quick. So Pelicans take Zion at 1. Grizzlies take John Morant at 2. Knicks take R.J. Barrett at 3. Lakers, Darius Garland at 4. Cavs, Jarrett Culver at 5. The Suns, Kobe White at 6. At 7, the Bulls take Cam Reddish. At 8, Hawks, DeAndre Hunter. Wizards at 9, Jackson Hayes. At 10, the Hawks take Bull Bull. Timberwolves at 11. Our team take Sekou Dambuya. Hornets take Brandon Clark at 12. 13, the Heat and Romeo Langford. 14, Celtics and Gogo Batadze. 15, Kevin Porter Jr. to the Pistons. 16, the Magic and Ru Hashimura. P.J. Washington to the Nets at 17. Grant Williams to the Pacers at 18. Nasir Little is the pick for the Spurs at 19. At 20, Celtics go Keldon Johnson. 21, Thunder and Tyler Hero. Celtics again up. Nick Heal, Alexander Walker at 22. 23, Cam Johnson to the Jazz. Ty Jerome to the Sixers at 24. Casey Akpala to the Blazers at 25. Matisse Dibble, 26 to the Cavs. 27, the Nets take Bruno Fernando. 28, the Warriors take Talon Horton Tucker. At 29, the Spurs take Daniel Gafford. And the Bucks at 30 take 
Charles Bassey. Now, moving on, we have set this up. We are jumping into 2K. We're going to see how the season would go if these teams took these exact players. Now, we've also already simulated the offseason, so that's going to be part of it too. And Actually, that's where we're going to start is in that offseason because I'm very curious as to what teams you know did what as far as the offseason is concerned. So taking a look, we'll start off with the 76ers going over the transaction report. They sign Malcolm Miller, Kelly Oubre Jr., Shamori Pons, Isaiah Taylor. They signed point guard Tim Frazier, point guard Ty Lawson. Uh, they signed Andrew Bogut, uh, center Amir Johnson. They also signed, uh, wow, this is interesting. They re-signed Tobias Harris. They somehow then signed Kevin Durant. They signed Tyreek Evans, which we know now is impossible because he has been uh, given a two-year ban or a two-year suspension. And then they also signed Lance Stevenson. That is a that's a squad. That's a very interesting squad, and they did a great job. Kevin Durant, by the way, four years, one hundred and fifty-five million, uh, is what they ended up signing there. So very intrigued by the Sixers. Could be one of the favorites, I think, to win the championship next year if this is how this went down. Next, we have the Milwaukee Bucks. They sign Rondé Hollis Jefferson, Darius Basley, Caleb Martin. Uh, let's see, DJ Stevens, power forward Jacob Wiley. They got uh, Tyson Chandler, so they did end up going with a center. They got power forward Zach Randolph. Uh, they got Kadeem Allen at point guard. They were able to re-sign Malcolm Brogdon. And, of course, uh, we drafted for them um, Charles Bassey. For the Bulls, uh, some interesting moves, but not a lot. They got uh, they actually hired a new GM, Gregory Lee. But the, they signed small forward Jalen Jones to a one-year deal. Dante Grantham to a one-year deal. Uh, they signed Justin Patton to a one-year deal. They got Carmelo Anthony to a one-year deal. And then they actually signed a Killian Tilly to a one-year deal. So, sorry, Bulls fans, but next year is not going to be your year if this is the way this, uh, this offseason works for you. Cavaliers, uh, an interesting offseason, but not a whole lot to, to really do, talk about. Signed uh, power forward Luke Mamute to a two-year deal. Cavs also signed Marcus Thornton. Alec Peters, and then they actually got Thomas Bryant, and all those players are on one-year deals. Thomas Bryant, by the way, is likely going back to the Wizards. I'd be shocked if he didn't, but uh, I guess we'll see. Uh, taking a look at the Celtics, Celtics were able to re-sign Kyrie Irving to a five-year, almost $170 million deal, so, I mean, good for them, obviously. Uh, they signed point guard Elijah Weaver, Jordan McRae, uh, center Daniel Tice uh, stays there. And then uh, they actually were able to sign Terry Rozier to a one-year deal. Kyle Collinsworth to a one-year deal. And then they surprisingly waived Robert Williams. Uh, very interesting move there, but that's that's the way it works. Moving on to the Clippers. Clippers with a ton of moves. Wow, a lot to talk about here uh, for them. So they signed uh, Jimmy Butler to a four-year $133 million deal. They then signed Derek Rose. So those guys are, are reunited with the Clippers, three years, sixty million for Derrick Rose. So wow, he's getting that coin. Ed Davis, two years, eleven point eight million. You then have Jonas Derebko, two years, uh, five point six million. If it's a Zubats, they re-sign him, which is a great move for my money. Uh, three years, almost forty million. Point guard Jonathan Gibson, one year deal. Center Isaac Humphreys, one year deal. They sign uh, both uh, Travis Ware and Stanley Johnson to one year deals as well. Clippers could be a really solid squad going into next year if these were the moves. Another dark horse team to make a run at that championship. All right, moving on to the Grizzlies. Grizzlies obviously have a lot of work to do. They start with re-signing Jonas Valanciunas. They sign Charles Matthews. 
Brandon Wright, Costa Kufis. Those are all one-year deals. Uh, LeBrian Nash, Henry Ellenson, and Bobby Portis also signed with the Grizzlies all on one-year deals. Ellenson making just under $8 million, and Bobby Portis making just over ten. Atlanta Hawks next. A few, a few big moves here. Uh, how about this? They get Clay Thompson to a four-year, $133 million deal. So that's, that's going to be fun to watch. Now we're talking Trey Young and Clay Thompson. Yeah, sign me up for that. On top of that, if, if, let's say they go the route we did and they pick up uh, DeAndre Hunter and Bull Bull. Woo! I, I would enjoy watching the Hawks if they end up making those moves. They also signed Darius Bertans, get a little shooting. Chasen Randall and Georges Papayanis, all to one-year deals. So, hey, kudos to you, Hawks. Some nice moves there. Moving on to the Miami Heat. Uh, the Heat re-signed Dwayne Wade to a two-year, $30 million deal. We know that's not happening. He will be retiring. But interesting nonetheless. They signed Jeremy Lin to a one-year deal. Richard Solomon to a one-year deal. Brandon Slater to a one-year deal. Al Jefferson and Alec Burks also to one-year contracts. <laughs> Moving on to the Hornets. Hornets re-signed Kemba Walker. Five years, $180 million. Good for him. Jeremy, Lin re- or, sorry, Jeremy Lamb re-signs. Four years, $60 million. Thomas Sadoransky actually gets signed for to a two-year deal. And then they also get Xavier Munford, the point guard, and then shooting guard Julian Washburn they add to the mix. For the Utah Jazz, uh, it starts off with uh, they actually offered the Wolves a trade, which we end up taking. Now, the trade they offered was Jeff Teague to them for Grayson Allen in a first. I didn't think that was reasonable or likely. But could they maybe make a trade of just Jeff Teague for Grayson Allen? Maybe. If they want to go that route, they lose Ricky Rubio. Maybe that's the route they want to go. I think that was a, an interesting trade, and I don't think it's unreasonable uh, for a trade like that to happen. So that's the way we end up going. Jazz re-signed also Derek Favors to a four-year deal. They signed Delon Wright. They actually signed Boban Marjanovic. Uh, Nicholas Brasino, they actually got Carson Edwards, and they actually re-signed Ricky Rubio. Uh, looks like we're all of the moves. Oh, sorry, I take that back. They did not end up keeping uh, Carson Edwards, and we'll talk about that later. Sacramento Kings, uh, going down the list here. Let's see. Uh, they had uh, the Kings sign DeAndre Jordan to a three-year, $78 million deal. Uh, two-year deals for Alex Caruso and Avery Bradley. They signed Charles Cook, former uh, Wolves Summer League, or Charles Cook, actually. They also got uh, Chris Middleton. Wow, one-year, $16 million deal. So, uh, he does turn down uh, staying with the Bucks, and instead um, goes with the Kings for a little more money. And then they also got Eric Griffin and Ethan Happ. Looking at the Knicks, the Knicks were very busy. Knicks signed Emmanuel Moutier to a three-year, $45 million deal. They also signed, how about this, DeMarcus Cousins to a four-year, $133 million deal. And we're already, this is an addition to picking up R.J. Barrett in the draft. Uh, they got Jordan Bell on a two-year deal, Nikola Miritich on a three-year deal, uh, they got point guard Jalen Hands, small forward Kavon Moore, Jalen Horde, the small forward, point guard Alfred Payton, and point sorry power forward Isaiah Hicks. And the lastly, they signed small forward B.J. Johnson to a one-year deal. I love what the Knicks did with their offseason. Very impressive, and they could be a, a dark horse to make a run. Uh, I'm not saying they're a championship team, but it's the East. And in the East, you just have to have kind of an adequate team to really uh, maybe uh, – you know, shake some feathers, and I think this is a good way to do that. And so a very solid offseason for the Knicks. All right, next up we have the Lakers. Taking a look at what they did. They signed Moses Brown to a two-year, $23 million deal. Uh, J.J. Redick to a two-year, $22 million deal. Uh, apparently that's the magic number. Two years, 
uh, and 18 million for Noel Vonley. They re-sign Contavious Caldwell Pope for two years, 15 million. Uh, let's see, Tyrone Wallace to a one-year deal. Point guard Xavier Rathen Mays to a one-year deal. Zach Norvell Jr. to a one-year deal. And then JaVale McGee gets re-signed on a one-year deal. So I would say, Lakers fans, sorry, I get that that's probably not the offseason you're looking for. And if it is, I would say adios to your playoff chances. Orlando Magic next up, looking at what they did. A number of moves, not a lot of great moves. We'll see here. So they uh, were able to re-sign Vucevic to a five-year, $165 million deal. Uh, Trevor Reza, two-year deal. J.R. Smith to a two-year deal. Emil Jefferson, one-year. Troy Capain, or Copain to a one-year deal. Uh, Jarrell Martin to a one-year deal. You have Senator Ken Birch, signed him to a one-year deal. Uh, Gary Payton the second, and Gary Clark also two one-year deals. But then they uh, looks like they waived uh, two waived a few of the guys actually that they signed uh, right before the season. So Emil Jefferson, Troy Copain, and Ken Birch were all waived. Moving on to the Dallas Mavericks. Let's see. So they re-signed Kristaps. No shock there. Five years, 140. They re-signed J.J. Brea. Two years, 15 million. Uh, Willie Cauley-Stein signs there for three years, 52. Reggie Bullock, two years, 4.9. They got Michael Beasley to a one-year min deal. Uh, Tim Quarterman, one-year min deal. One years, 9 million for Ashton Haggins. Uh, let's see, Quentin Grimes, a one-year $10 million or $9.5 million deal. And then lastly, Terrence Ross to a one-year $8 million deal. Oh, sorry, one more. Center Connor Neal to a one-year minimum deal. So kind of a few interesting moves there. Uh, we next hit up the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn Nets' first move was signing D'Angelo Russell. Resigned him. Now his deal was four years, $110 million. They signed uh, Alex Poitras. Two years, $7 million. You got uh, Simasola Shilu was the power forward, two-year deal. Gerald Green, two-year deal. Uh, Chris Boucher, a one-year deal. And then Alan Williams, one-year deal. So, honestly, a pretty blah offseason for the Nets. Really doesn't do much for me. Probably miss the playoffs, actually, because I don't think you've done enough to necessarily take that next step. But if you can get really, you know, some sort of a jump uh, from the draft picks and players like Jared Allen, you never know. Zanin Musa, if he can start contributing... I think they could take that next step. So a lot of it would just depend on growth. Next, we have the Denver Nuggets. A lot of moves for them this offseason. Resigning Paul Millsap to a three-year, $65 million deal. They sign Jonathan Motley, the power forward, to a two-year deal. Uh, Milos Teodosic to a one-year. Malcolm Delaney, one-year. Thomas Welsh, the center, to one-year. Uh, point guard, let's see, point guard Brandon Goodwin to a one-year deal. And then uh, power forward Trey Lyles. And then they actually waive both Torrey Craig and Tyler Lydon. Jumping into the Pacers next. Pacers, wow. Pacers able to sign Kawhi Leonard. A very interesting deal there. So they sign Kawhi Leonard to a four-year, $133 million deal. They got Jonathan Simmons two years. Io Dasunmu to two years. They got shooting guard Devon Reed. Small forward Chris Wilkes. Power forward Marquise Chris. I don't know why, but he's making almost $12 million. Yikes. And then uh, Bonzi Colson to a one-year deal. V- uh, kudos to you, by the way, Pacers. Great use of your cap space. Love the addition of Kawhi Leonard. This would be probably one of the favorites to win it all, depending on how you get a player like uh, Victor Oladipo to come back from injury. Next, we have the New Orleans Pelicans. They sign uh, point guard Kai Bowman to a two-year deal. They got Damari Carroll, uh, Sheik Diallo, 
Ryan Brokoff, Brandon Paul. A lot of these are one-year deals, by the way. Trayvon Blewett, Ignis Brazadakis, and then Nerlens Noel. So not a great offseason for them, but they had a few pieces, and then you add that to what they're already doing, obviously, with Zion, and who knows? Maybe it works out for them. And in this scenario, by the way, they did not trade Anthony Davis. So we'll see how that works out for them. Moving on to the Pistons. Uh, firstly, two years for small forward Dedrick Lawson. Isaiah Whitehead, three-year deal. Point guard Naz Mitro-Long to a one-year deal. Devon Akun-Purcell to a one-year deal. You have Kalen Lucas and Torrey Craig also signed to one-year deals. Toronto Raptors next up on the slate. They sign Wesley Matthews to a two-year deal. Alfonso McKinney, Eric Moreland, Mike Scott, the power forward, Corey Brewer, small forward. You got Billy Garrett. These are all one-year deals, by the way. And then you have Jermichael Green, a one-year $7 million deal. Darren Collison, one-year $8 million. And then Kendrick Nunn to a one-year min deal. Houston Rockets, not a ton of options for them. We'll see what they went through in the offseason. So they uh, Chuma Okeke to a one-year deal. I love that pickup for them. So that must have been a player. He must not have been drafted, or if he was drafted, he was not signed, and they were able to, to sign him. They got Luol Deng, a one-year min deal, which isn't a bad pickup. Austin Rivers did re-sign for three years, $24 million. He's been very good for them in the playoffs, so I, I like that pickup there. Uh, Kenneth Fareed, three years, $29 million. Ugh, that, that makes me throw up my mouth. I'm just not a fan of Kenneth Fareed. And it's not like he's doing much for him. So, no, I'm, uh, I'm going to give that one a thumbs down. Uh, Joel Bolenboy, one-year min deal. Luke Babbitt, one-year min deal. Michael Frazier, the shooting guard, one-year min deal. And then center Willie Reed, two years, $4.5 million. Spurs, next on the list. They do actually re-sign Rudy Gay. We talked about I didn't think they would. Here they do, three years, $35 million. They actually signed Taj Gibson to a two-year, $17 million deal, which if I'm the Wolves, I two years, $8 million, I would I would do that deal. I like I like him that much. They also signed James Nunnally. So apparently they're trying to get all the Wolves, that the, the players we had last season. So James Nunnally signs on a one-year, and then Jordan Lloyd to a one-year deal for the Spurs. Looking at the Phoenix Suns, Phoenix Suns signed Jaden McDaniels to a two-year deal, Emmett Williams to a two-year deal, a couple, a few one-year deals actually. So Kyle Quinn, Marcus Page, Sheldon Mack, and then Cassius Winston, which I like. If you're trying to do something with a point guard position, take a chance on a rookie. Cassius Winston, I think, uh, is one of those interesting players. Could be a second-round pick. Could go undrafted. Uh, point guard out of Michigan State. Really, uh, I think, opened some eyes and uh, could be a, a fun pickup. And then a one-year $8 million deal for Marcus Morris. Looking at the Thunder next, not much jumps off the page here. Could be a, a tough year next year for the Thunder. But, I mean, they got a lot of players that are coming back. So there's that. They do re-sign Markeith Morris. Uh, they also sign Nigel Hayes, Vince Hunter, point guard Jawan Evans, small forward Mario Hazonia, and Maxi Kleba. That's their offseason. We then, of course, have the Timberwolves. Yeah, everyone's favorite team. Had a few. Uh, we talked about the trade with uh, Grayson Allen and Jeff Teague. We also had some trades uh, involving the second-round picks just to kind of move some things around. And with that, we uh, signed Tyler Davis. We signed Dang Adele both to two-way deals. We then re-signed Jared Trell to a four-year deal where he's making about four, $4 million a year, so not bad. We re-signed Tyus Jones to a four-year, $37 million deal. And then we do uh, we did end up waiving Cam Reynolds. 
Uh, we had some other positions that we wanted more so. And Cam Reynolds, for whatever reason, in 2K, they have him set up where he's mad at the Timberwolves and he doesn't want to re-sign here. So we did end up keeping him just briefly and then decided we wanted to uh, even out the roster a little better. So he went out the door. Next, we have the Blazers. Blazers re-signed Al Frucamino to three years, $20 million. They signed Jeff Green to a two-year deal. They re-signed Rodney Hood, and they re-signed Jake Lehman. So I think it's a, a fair offseason. Uh, they're already a pretty good team. Uh, re-signing Rodney Hood, I think, is crucial. And along with their draft picks, I think they've got a nice squad. You have the Golden State Warriors, which was going to be very interesting just given who they could lose. And, and, uh, and as we already know, the two big-name guys, Kevin Durant and Klay Thompson, both left. All right, to start off, they signed uh, Bohan Bogdanovich to a three-year, $53 million deal. You had uh, Joffrey Laverne, two years, $6 million. Point guard George Hill, one-year deal. Uh, Sean Livingston re-signs on a one-year deal. You have Ekbe Udo, two years, $5 million. So overall, I think I like these value, these value matchups, these value pickups. You have uh, Trevor Booker on a one-year deal. Uh, Mindagas Kuzminskis, Yakuba Quatara. Antonio's Cleveland, Admiral Schofield, the rookie, and then Frank Kaminsky all to one-year deal. So all things considered, it's not great, but they got a number of role players and some decent players that maybe could help out in really specific ways. You know, Akbe Udo on defense, George Hill giving you a little bit of depth. So ultimately not the worst offseason, not the best, but it it could work. All right, lastly, looking at uh, the Golden State Warriors. Or sorry, I mean, sorry, the Washington Wizards, our last team. Starting off, let's see, their first signing, they grabbed Enos Cantor to a three-year, $50 million deal. Very solid for them if, that can, if they can pull that off. O'Shea Brissett to a two-year deal. Brad Wanamaker and Dante Cunningham to one-year deals, along with Anthony Tolliver and Jeff Withy to one-year min deals. C.J. Williams and Tariq Phillip. Lugans Dort, Dragon Bender, and Troy Daniels, all one-year season or one-year deals for the Wizards. Not a bad offseason. They took some chances on guys like Lugans Dort and Dragon Bender. Got some shooting in Troy Daniels. Obviously shooting in Anthony Tolliver. Dante Cunningham's an interesting player. But they did a good job of spending their money across the board where they could bring in players. I think that, that could really help out in terms of depth. So now we'll take a look at the Timberwolves and see what we've done with that roster. So we start with the point guard position. We have Tyus Jones. And then we did end up signing Carson Edwards for a little depth. We have shooting guards Josh Okogie, Grayson Allen, and Jared Terrell. Jared Terrell obviously would be that emergency point guard also. Small forwards, you have Andrew Wiggins, Robert Covington, one of my favorite sleepers in this draft, Lewis King. And then Katie Bates Diop is still there. And we have Dang Adele as a two-way player. Power forward, we have Dario Saric, Jonte Porter, and of course, Sekou Dambuya. At the center position, we have Carl Towns, Gorgie Jang. We have Tyler Davis, a two-way player. And then we actually grabbed a Luka Semanic, another rookie who I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by it, if nothing else. So that is the Timberwolves squad going into this season. Pretty much a mixed bag, but I like what we've built. And, of course, we did re-sign Ryan Saunders. So if that kind of gives you an idea of where we're looking. And then we're not going to make any trades. We're not going to make uh, any sort of... Uh, stuff going on there. We want these we want these lineups to be consistent. So we're actually going to turn off trades and we're going to let the rosters just uh, marinate as they are. And we'll see who does what and we'll come back at you at the end of the season. Again, you're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing But That Channel. This has been our mock 2.0, our post lottery mock and taking a look at the season now via 2K simulation.
definitely not as good of a season as I was hoping for the Wolves, who finish uh, 37 and 45, 88% chemistry. So not great. We'll go over the superlatives. James Harden is your MVP. Zion Williamson, no shock, is your rookie of the year. John Morant is your sixth man of the year for the Grizzlies. Surprised he's not starting. But I guess uh, we turned off trades now that I say that. So because they they did not trade um, because they did not trade Mike Conley, or they couldn't, I guess that makes sense. Giannis Antetokounmpo, defensive player of the year. Most improved is Jabari Parker for the uh, Toronto Raptors. Coach of the year is Brett Brown. All right, let's take a look at, uh, did anyone, uh, yep, Carl Towns does make all NBA third team. Zion Williamson makes all NBA third team too. Good for him. No shock, he was rookie of the year. So kind of interesting there. Uh, we did not make the playoffs. And just as an idea, we missed it by seven games. It was 44 wins for the Utah Jazz who ended up making it. Important, uh, take a look at some of these statistics. I'm very curious as to how we did uh, player-wise. All right, so looking at our team, start off with us. So Towns, 20 points, uh, 12 rebounds, 3 assists, um, 2 blocks per game. Uh, Rounded a few of those up, but pretty good numbers. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, 19 points, uh, 4 rebounds, 2 assists. Uh, nothing else really jumps off the page necessarily. Not as good as you had kind of hoped. Um, from three point land, ah, thirty nine percent from the three throw line or from the three point line for Andrew Wiggins. Uh, still sucks from the free throw line, seventy percent. That's not going to cut it. Uh, Carson Edwards, the player we picked up, uh, pretty good uh, numbers for him. Fourteen point four points. Uh, let's see, four rebounds, three assists. So I mean, fourteen four and three is not bad for a rookie point guard. Uh, 1.1 steals per game, which is really solid. Uh, pretty good numbers there. Uh, let's look at uh, the shooting. And he was 40% from three for Carson Edwards. So he ended up being a very solid pickup for us. Uh, pretty good, pretty, I mean, okay production from Dario Saric. Uh, 13 points and six rebounds per game. Josh Okogie, 12 points, uh, two rebounds, uh, two assists. Nothing amazing. Robert Covington, uh, 10 points. Uh, three, uh, four rebounds, uh, two assists. So nah, but 1.7 steals for Covington's really solid. Uh, looking at Tyus Jones, Tyus Jones, his numbers don't necessarily jump off the page, uh, but seven points and, uh, five rebounds per, or sorry, uh, five assists per game with one rebound and 1.2 steals. So, uh, some interesting playing there. I'm curious how the team itself matched up against some of these other teams. So taking a look at, um, points allowed, we were uh, w- one of the best defensive teams in the whole league. So only 106.6 points per game. That's that's pretty solid for points allowed. I, I mean, really impressive what we were able to do there. Uh, points per game, though, what we were actually able to score was 105.1. So good defense, but for some reason our offense struggled. Uh, that's a big reason why we weren't able to do much there. And if you, if you talk about a point differential, we were... I mean, I'm in the middle of the pack, 19th. It's not terrible. Definitely some worse teams than us. Uh, as far as uh, I'm interested in a couple of statistics. So under Ryan Saunders, we're taking more three-point attempts, you would guess. We are uh, 14th in the league for three-point attempts. That's not bad. And uh, as far as three-point shooting percentage, um, that's not great. We are 23rd at 36%, whereas the leaders are the Hawks at 42%. So definitely, uh, I would say a pretty big difference there. Uh, how about rebounds per game? Rebounds per game, you know, you got guys, well, 14th. 
you'd like to be a little higher given you've got Carl Towns, but he wasn't getting as much help as you would hope. Assists per game, looking at some of those statistics, oof, we are 28th in the league as assists per game. I mean, that's not going to get the job done. That's not good enough. How about uh, a few other statistics here? Uh, turnovers per game, we were, well, looks like middle of the pack, 19th at uh, about 13 a game. So overall, not the best season we were hoping for, but uh, I mean, not the worst. Carson Edwards was considered uh, arguably the third best rookie in this class for us. So I think that's, and that's pretty impressive what he was able to do. Uh, going down the list, just some of the other players that jump off the page. Uh, Charles Matthews was one of the top rookies. He was with the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, Lugans Dort and Bull Bull were pretty good. Bull Bull and DeAndre Hunter, by the way, both really solid seasons for the Hawks. Looking at if anyone else jumps off the page, I mean, it's tough. We definitely don't see... Um, oh, so Jonte Porter was another name. I don't know if I mentioned him. Uh, the Wolves did pick up. Uh, put up some decent numbers. Uh, how about this? So seven points, four rebounds, three assists. That, those are pretty good numbers. His three-point percentage was low, only 27%. But he put up some pretty decent numbers. Um, the guy we got, uh, Lewis King, he was listed as the 29th best rookie. And Dumbuya was listed as the 32nd. Didn't get a lot of playing time, just given how the 1.3 points per game, he was 100% from the three-point line. So there's that. And 100% from the field. So the guy doesn't miss, I guess. <laughs> Interesting season nonetheless. How about this? We'll look at the playoffs. Let's see who can win the championship uh, in this simulated season. Number one teams in the league are the Rockets and the uh, 76ers are number one in the league. So it looks like, uh, wow, the Utah Jazz. Holy crap. So the Utah Jazz, actually, I got to stop and take a look here. The Utah Jazz were the eighth seed in the West, and they upset and end up winning against the Rockets. They have so Donovan Mitchell, Jeff Teague. Obviously, that was a big pickup for them. Uh, they have Derek Favors, Joe Ingles, uh, Boban, Rudy Gobert. Pretty solid squad. Uh, wow, I like what they were able to do here. Uh, this is interesting. I think they did a pretty good job. And it looks like they... Um, so Cam Johnson was their rookie. They did not actually play him, at least in the playoffs. So we'll see what ends up happening there. Looking across the way, and wow, we got to stop this again. The Indiana Pacers in the eighth slot beat the Sixers. Uh, they were led by the player that won't actually be in the league, but we didn't make that change. Uh, Tyreek Evans, but uh, Joel Embiid was solid. Um, oh, sorry, that was for the 76ers. My bad. Tyreek Evans is what threw me off there. But Kawhi Leonard is the big-name guy for the Pacers. Uh, him and Victor Oladipo were solid. Uh, Chris Wilkes, the rookie, was pretty good. Pretty solid play all around. What an upset. Now, here we go to the second round. We're actually a few games into this. And the Pacers move on. So in the East, actually, it's the 8 seed taking on the 7 seed. So it's Pacers taking on the Raptors. Kawhi taking on its former team. And... I had said the Pacers were interesting. Pacers make the championship. This is fantastic. I, I am loving what ended up happening in this simulation. It ends up being, how about this? Blazers taking on the Pacers in the championship, and it goes to seven games, and the Blazers take it. Super impressive. This, is, this was one of my favorite sims we've ever done, actually. Uh, looking at some of the teams, by the way, uh, Zion Williamson was able to get his uh, squad, the Pelicans, 
Uh, they made it all the way to the second round and took uh, the Thunder to seven games. They actually swept the Kings. Kings made the playoffs, surprisingly. Kind of makes you mad when you're the Wolves. You don't make the playoffs, and the Kings did. Uh, Kings, by the way, like we talked about, signed Chris Middleton. And when you add that to what they already had on their roster, that's a pretty solid squad. Oh, and of course, uh, they also got DeAndre Jordan. So good offseason for the Kings. That's a pretty solid squad. I can't be too upset about that. And we talked about the Blazers. The Blazers didn't make a lot of changes. It's pretty much their team from last year. In fact, of the players that are actually playing, there's not a single new player. And, and, and we're talking about uh, their rookies and their young players aren't even playing. So Anthony Simons, Evan Turner, not playing. Uh, sorry, not Evan Turner. I mean, Evan Turner's not playing, but he's not a rookie, obviously. Anthony Simons and Kaziak Paula, not playing. And there you have it, guys. Championship goes to the Blazers if that was how the mock draft ended up going. So definitely an interesting simulation. Definitely a lot to like about this draft class. And time will tell. We'll see what ends up happening uh, with the mock draft. Uh, Maybe it'll change. I think there's definitely going to be a lot of changes between now and the draft in June. Again, thanks for joining us. You've been listening to Dash Radio's Nothing Minute channel. We are the Howl, and this has been Mock Draft 2.0. Again, if you missed any of the show on the radio, tune in again. uh, You can always find us uh, Wednesdays and Saturdays. So Wednesdays we are on from 2 to 5 p.m., Central Time, and Saturdays, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. We can also be found, if you missed any portion of this on the radio and you want to tune in, make sure that you listen on places like Spotify, iTunes, give us a review, give us a subscription, and make sure you don't miss any of our upcoming off-season episodes. Thank you for listening, and until next time, let me get a howl.